Welcome everyone to Poke and Kush. I am screaming for no reason. It is Wednesday, August 4th, 2021. We are so happy that you have joined us here on this episode where we get to complain about everything. We got a little COVID for you. We got a little weather for you. We got the Pelicans. We got the Saints. We're going to hit on all of it, but we are happy to be here. We love doing this show. Thank you so much for joining. I am Scott Kushner, and alongside me, Mr. Andrew Polk. How you doing, sir? I'm great. <laughs> if people could hear what we say before we hit record. We'd have a lot less listeners or a lot more. I think we'd have a lot more, probably. They wouldn't be the good listeners. I was lamenting the city. Obviously, everyone here is glued to the saga of my stolen garbage can, <laughs> as well as the stack of tires in front of my home that will be there until we've all turned to dust. Uh, most, the most recent update was uh, I put out a carpet. I remodeled a little bit. I put out a carpet, and I put out a box that some furniture came in, and I, I was like, I'm going to have to trick the garbage man into taking this. So I put it on the front of the garbage can so it would have to be physically moved out of the way for them to receive the garbage within the can. I came home and the Houdini garbage company got the garbage <laughs> out of the can and left the carpet and the box exactly where it was. So in my, you know, I'm Joe Bluth, the man in the $300 suit is throwing wet garbage in the can, screaming as soon as he gets home. But at least driving home was like Mad Max. Today. That was fun. Everybody needed to get to rallies. The guy with the flame guitar had to get to check into cash before 5.01 p.m. I'm having a good time looking up property in Branson, Missouri. Every single day I'm alive. I literally, one morning I was driving my kids to camp and I go, I'm going to take mental notes on how many people that I drive past in the morning on Carrollton Avenue are actually looking at the road more than their phones or their, or their makeup or their food. And it was literally like 20%, like one out of five. And that person's usually a hundred years old. <laughs> Everybody else, you know, putting makeup on, staring into the mirror as their car is swerving across <laughs> three lanes. Somebody's sending very important text messages, you know, at 7.15 a.m., uh, it is just an endless, like, your head never gets off the swivel no. and your heart never stops beating through your chest. Uh, and yet, we're standing, baby. Here yeah. we are. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> we're, we're, oh, I forgot. I was I was just giving you the fucking lowdown of everything before we started. Uh, went to a concert on Saturday. Yeah. Uh, uh, girlfriend's car sideswiped on Esplanade. Nice. So, uh Cool. Really just sure they left a note, right? Oh, yeah. It said, fuck you. <laughs> what are you going to do about it, pussy? But, you know, hey, you can drink on the street. <laughs> well, not anymore, probably. Well, not anymore. <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> you can live on the street. <laughs> Dude, I don't care what the Pels did. Who did what did they do? Did they move to a... To another city that I can go to. This really is America's angriest podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Uh, it's been a week. It's been a week. It's been a week. I would say uh, your week's still been better than David Griffin's. Yeah. But I'm not really sure if that's true. Uh, but he has had an unquestionably. Who has more money? Yeah. <laughs> I was say, he lives in a nicer house. Okay. I'll, give him, I'll give him that. All right. Um, but he has had an unquestionably uh, shitty, challenging, however you want to call it, week. Uh, the Pelicans, we are recording this on Tuesday night. Uh, of course, I'm sure the second that Polk finishes editing this, uh, you know, they will do something that radically changes our opinion on everything. As of right now, the Pelicans are the uh, the kid laying on the ground and all the fans are poking it with a stick going, do something. <laughs> do something. Wake up. <laughs> and, and they're doing nothing. I mean, how do you? Nothing. If you were to look at the Pelicans from uh, last season to now in a season that desperately required an upgrade, uh, nothing. The only addition is by subtraction. Eric Bledsoe is not there. Yeah. That's an improvement. Steven Adams is not there. And Jonas Valanciunas, I guess, will be there in his place. That's probably a net positive. Valanciunas uh, will be there. He posted a uh, farewell today on Instagram. So that's a, he's, he's going to be in New Orleans. Yeah, seems thrilled about it. That's replacing one of the three starters that are gone now. Yeah. So Lonzo we, Ball also we, gone. Yes. Lonzo Ball traded uh, within uh, uh, an eyelash, like uh, literally an eye blink uh, of free agency starting Lonzo. That was a sign and trade, uh, which is more complicated than we can explain. Uh, so he was a restricted free agent. Pelicans opted not to match his uh, deal. Eighty five million dollars from the Bulls. God bless you, Lonzo. That's going to buy a lot of video game systems. Uh, and he is headed to Chicago. The Pelicans in return get the, uh, wow, what a haul, uh, Garrett Temple mm-hmm. and Thomas, Tomas, Thomas, I don't know, Sadaransky, uh, two definite bench players. So that's where the Pelicans are right now. And that's, uh, I mean, that's pretty good for Lonzo because they didn't, <laughs> I, I mean, they didn't have to get anything for Lonzo. Yeah, that's true. He could have just left. I Lonzo suppose. could have just left. Um, Eighty-five million for four years on Lonzo would be a big risk for the Pelicans. Yeah, they were probably never going to come close to matching that. They they weren't going to. The investment would have been too much for the position that the team is trying to put themselves in for this year. Lonzo's had two years, wasn't really able to be the consistent player. You wrote that fantastic article last season about which way Lonzo goes, the Pels go. That held true throughout the season. Lonzo did not remain as steadfast in his role. He was not a reliable player. His numbers are very close to the fellow they have coming in, Devontae Graham. I'm not going to pretend like I've seen Devontae Graham play for a second. No. Because I haven't. No. If Devontae Graham came to this house right now wearing a Devontae Graham jersey and said, hello, my name is Devontae Graham. It would both take us about five seconds to go. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> Pelicans, that's right. right. I mean, literally couldn't have any clue less who he was before the season. Uh, I watched some Hornets games for, to, to watch LaMelo, but I can't tell you anything about Devontae other than the Pelicans traded a first-round pick for him, so that was Compared to what the Bulls gave up, that seems significant in a signing trade. Uh, and uh, Devontae Graham shoots the ball a lot. He's a 38-ish 
percent three-point shooter and he takes a ton of them uh which is the mindset that the pelicans definitely need uh so when you look at it from that front when you say all right you got two bench guys you got valanchunas and you got uh a shooter who could probably also in a perfect world is probably coming off the bench did you improve i'd say they improved uh, when you consider that they cleared whatever 30 something million dollars worth of cap room uh, and we're still sitting here more than a day in a free agency and that's all that happened uh, not great not great and I think some fans are starting to get a, a little bit frustrated by it and uh, today we were seeing some of the stories about uh, like you know Tim Hardaway supposedly didn't want to come here for yeah. 18 million dollars more yeah um, I, there's a little nuance to that where I believe Tim Hardaway has more freedom in Dallas after the third year as opposed to a four year here. Sure. Um, but that is telling of the organization and how players are looking at it. Yes. I don't know if there are really details floating out about like Kyle Lowry didn't want to come here. Yeah. Dame Lillard didn't want to come here. Those things are, I think, uh, uh, supposed at this point. Yeah. But now we're starting to get like actual and whether a agent or, you know, whether an agent leaked that, Tim Hardaway story to make themselves look better. It's still based in some truth. Yeah. And the truth is people don't want to come here. No. Why? What reason would an NBA free agent want to come here unless the answer was they gave me the most money? Yeah. And so that's one way to do it, which is the obvious reason. But if you're in a position where the money is, you know, somewhat similar uh, and you have a better basketball situation anywhere else, which you almost certainly have a better basketball situation somewhere else. Based on the history here, which is zero winning in probably the smallest market in the league, if not it's the second smallest. Uh, yeah, it's a tough sell. And I think what's, what's happened here is the Pelicans, I think, juiced up the expectations a little bit when you heard their name attached to basically everyone yeah. last week. Their name was attached everywhere. Griff sounded very confident in the uh, post-draft press conference, uh, or I should say in the Willie Green press conference. And then they go out and they strike out on Chris Paul, expected. They strike out on Kevin Lowry. I'm sorry, Jesus Christ, I said Kevin Lowry. They strike out on Kyle Lowry. Also, and Kevin Love. Yeah, and Kevin Love. Uh, they strike out on Kyle Lowry. Also, uh, at least a little bit expected. I think that was more realistic. I think people thought they had a, a pretty reasonable chance at that. And then they've just gone down the line, and you can't get anyone. Uh, they've got room. There are players signing for the amount of money the Pelicans have. The Pelicans have been attached with interest to all of these guys, and yet here you sit in the blossoming Zion Williamson, a blossoming Brandon Ingram, a situation where you're going to get a ton of open looks, whoever it is coming in, and no one wants to play here. Uh, that is a goddamn problem for the Pelicans, and I think it shows just how hard it is for this franchise to build through free agency with this group. Yeah, good players and uh, a future in Zion and Brandon Ingram is not enough to bring another player here. Wins could be, but not potential. Not for any of these guys. Yeah. This is an older free market, uh, the free agency this season, too, than I think we're used to. These are like 30 and up vets. A lot of guys. And, yeah. and the Lakers are capitalizing on this because that's, you know, that's Florida for old people. Like, yeah. 
<laughs> Move where it's warm. Play my 10 minutes. Maybe and... you'll, we'll see. Yeah. New Orleans has no benefits of that. I mean, if if any player was thinking about coming to New Orleans and then listen to this podcast and go, well, I'm not <laughs> going to be subjecting myself to that. <laughs> oh, we love it because it bothers us so much. Um, there is a, a, a pretty clear distinction right now between how this team can build and how this team has to build uh they would like to have been able to attract somebody they had the room they they cleared a bunch of room uh but they've had to give up an asset and a first round pick uh to get rid of steven adams uh and part of the memphis trade and eric bledsoe uh and then they had to give up a first round pick in order to get Devontae Graham, I guess to get Charlotte not to match the Devontae Graham deal. So now you are limiting your assets. You have a bunch of cap room, but you have nobody who really wants to come here who's worth a goddamn. And that's a rock and a hard place. That's a tough spot to be in. You can't go deal any more picks really right now because the picks you'd be dealing are three years down the road. I don't think they're in a position where they really want to do that. Uh, and so, and you really haven't upgraded the team significantly. I mean, they're better, but they're not that much better. I don't think they're better enough to make Zion happy. No, I think when they went into the, this season, they were, you know, into this off season, I think they were thinking a lot more than take the 17th pick, get a couple bench guys and let's call it a day. I, I don't think that's to be expected. And so here the Pelicans stand and they're just not, they're not moving forward. It feels like. It seems like this was a pretty big missed opportunity, uh, and I don't know what else they really could have done. I don't know if you blame Griff, you blame the market, you call it a lost cause. Like, what do you even like? What do you even say about this situation? Because it doesn't seem fair to blame one person. I think it's a systemic problem that's existed here. But at the same time, it's on him. It's on Griff to build it the right way right now. Yeah, is Griff striking out with these players? Probably to some degree, but also it's just the it's the market they're coming to. And, you know, Zion said that he wanted Lonzo on the team. Yeah. Are we actively hurting the team right now? Like, yeah, it's not enough to make them happy. Is it making them more unhappy? Yeah, because that's I think that's going to be the next question. Is, yeah, you're is alienating this, him. Yeah. That, right. I mean, I don't know how serious Zion was about that. He sounded serious. Yeah, I mean, that's something you're going to say about your teammates. You know, mm-hmm. Josh Hart sticking up for Eric Bledsoe. Like, yeah, yeah. you have to do that stuff in the league. Yeah. But uh, Zion is for as, you know, rainbow and sunshine as Zion was most of that season. At that point, he seemed to be truth-telling Zion. Yeah. And I, I'm thinking that he's probably not super happy about a shoot first no name from Charlotte coming in yeah. as opposed to uh, a guy that's three years younger that was able to run the floor with Zion uh, and and probably be a little be a better fit for him. Yeah, I, I think in a lot of ways, you know, I don't think Zion cares about the salary cap. That's probably no. pretty obvious. Uh, did the Pelicans upgrade from Lonzo Ball? Not yet. I mean, I wouldn't say anybody that they've gotten is better than Lonzo. Now they might fit better because they need someone who's a more natural catch and catch and release shooter, which Graham is. He's a 40 plus percent catch and shoot uh, guy. So I think he'll fit in a way. But what the Pelicans have done to this point right now 
is basically put the onus of improvement and the onus of growth entirely on the shoulders of Zion and Ingram. That they have to get a lot better in order for this team to be a lot better, which is probably the natural way that this was going to work. But it just felt like there was such a promise of we Griff saying, like, we understand the situation's bad. We did not intend to not make the playoffs. We've been trying to build this thing the right way. We've been trying and, and and then doing stuff to clear the deck in order to get better quickly. And it just fizzled out. And there hasn't been much explanation. And meanwhile, the national media is just putting their nuts in the Pelicans' face. I mean, everybody is just killing this team right now. And that puts a lot of pressure on the franchise. I would think that they're embarrassed at the moment that, like, everyone, they are, like, the sitting duck target that, like, Here's Zion Williamson. Everybody in the NBA loves this guy. He's playing on a bad team, and they're not getting any better. And how can we move this guy to a different city? And that's the next thing you got to fight. Yeah, of course. I, I have seen Pelican's Twitter go from being so hopeful about, like, Kyle Lowry to accepting Spencer Dinwiddle to now saying that Nikhil Alexander-Walker averaged yeah. 19 points in the four games he started last season. <laughs> You know, you talk about putting, like, pressure on Zion. This is also putting pressure on Nikhil. Yeah. Jackson, is he going to see the court next season? Yeah. I mean, that when so Jackson Hayes was in a uh, domestic violence incident, uh, which actually ended up being dropped because his uh, girlfriend, I suppose, uh, did not. Probably ex-girlfriend now. Yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> uh, chose not to press charges, but he did get in a, uh, a pretty significant fight, it sounds like. Uh, with the LAPD. Uh, so that is the only thing he's being booked on is for resisting arrest. So that I don't think is enough to uh, to really knock him out of the season. There's no expectation of that, at least from the people I talked to at the Pelicans. Um, they think Hayes will be fine. If it was a domestic violence issue and she had pressed charges, he'd have been screwed and he'd be done for a long time, which he should be. Uh, however, it does not sound like it was... Uh, I don't know. It doesn't sound like that. that has come to to fruition as far as charges go i don't i wasn't there there's no body cam image that i've seen so i have no opinion on it other than what i read uh but it doesn't change the fact that this team like they're still gonna have to rely on him uh, well i want to like to touch on jackson again it is very very indicative of the organization that uh you know top 15 draft pick from two seasons ago fought several police officers in Los Angeles mm -hmm. and did it even make any sports news anywhere? No. Does anyone know who Jackson Hayes is? TMZ. Does that anyone was the only story? Yeah, TMZ broke it. They're they got nothing right now. They're driving around in circles. <laughs> it really with the police scanner. It hardly made a blip. That's come on. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's true. <laughs> it hardly made it. That's blip. fucking insane. Yeah, he's the number six pick in the draft, right? Yeah. Seven. So, I mean, yeah, it's cr crazy. Seriously. Uh, it didn't even make a thing. Now, thankfully, it uh, didn't, you know, from at least a legal perspective, it did not turn out to be as big of a deal, so it would have been overblown. But I promise you, if a, uh, you know, a, a top pick on a lot of other teams that happened to, it had been a lot bigger deal. For uh, sure. Nationally. I don't know where things turn from here. Uh, there's the moratorium ends on the 6th. So that's when all these trades will become official. We'll have a little bit more information. As of this moment, we still don't know what's going on with Josh Hart. Uh, his name has not really popped up anywhere. I still think they have probably at least one trade or one 
big move left in them. And uh, when you're editing this, when it happens, just <laughs> stick my voice. Use one of those modulating things and stick my voice saying, they tried it for Buddy Healed. Um, that's like one of the handful of options they have left is go get somebody like that. But at this point, it is pretty clear they're not going to materially change the arc of this season uh, and this roster as of now. And that is, I, I think it's pretty disappointing based on what they had available to them. Now, it's not over yet. Yeah. It's not over yet. This is, uh, what did Griff say? You read it letter by letter, yeah, not a, page a, by page. That's right. It's a tapestry. Man, what a used car salesman <laughs> thing to say. <laughs> I know the the dent is, is there, but, but you gotta, look, at the, look at the Skylark's engine capacity. You can rev this baby up to the moon. Now, there are some people willingly coming to the Pelicans. We yeah. have not touched upon the draft. That's true. And we didn't really get Garrett Temple signed a deal, so he's back. He was no one LSU. cares. No one cares. That's fair. <laughs> no one really cares about Trey Murphy either. Um, I, I'm and le- Legitimately, people are going to wake up at the end of this free agency, and they're going to say, all right, so the Pelicans lost Lonzo Ball. They lost two first-round picks. And what they get? And the answer is going to be a guy named Devontae Graham. Mm-hmm. Remember that dude who played at LSU in the Final Four 15 years ago? Yeah, he's coming. Uh, and and the big guy from Memphis is here for one year. That's it. That's what you got right yeah. now. So they got to do something. But I think Trey Murphy is a good pick. I just don't know if it matters. Do you think it matters? Like, they have all these first-round picks on the roster now. I just don't know when they play. Yeah, you know, and, like, we're not even touching on, like, Kyra Lewis or Awundu or any of these guys, like... Or Najee Marshall, like... Didi Luzada signed a four-year contract today. Yeah. Where are you putting these bozos? I know. And, you know, I I liked what I saw from Trey Murphy. Seems like an intelligent guy. He spoke very openly about what he can bring to the team and what he needs to improve upon. Just how he spoke about himself and his game, I thought... uh, boded well for his yeah. future in the NBA, now with the Pelicans. I think he's like the 10th smartest person in New Orleans. Probably. He just landed. Yeah. He's like, you know, it's like put him on the, put him in the, in, in Gallier Hall, baby. Like, yeah, let's do go. you need a mayor? <laughs> let's, get, let's, let's get him in there. He, he honestly, like, as upfront, honest, an interview for a rookie that I can imagine, he was like, he played at Rice for a couple of years. He's like, yeah, I played zero defense. He's like, I didn't really care about it because I was at Rice. And he's like, you know, it didn't really matter. I was just trying to put a bunch of points. And he's like, and I went to Virginia, and I thought I was going to redshirt because I could not play defense. He goes, and then as we got into it, like, I was able to figure it out and lock in and, and you know, ended up being one of the better players on the team. And it's like, that is like a level of self-awareness and a level of honesty that you very rarely uh, get from a, a, uh, someone that age and especially someone who's that successful. So yeah. I think it's a really good sign. Kyra Lewis also has a really good attitude, like, I really liked him. I think they've drafted, with the exception of Jackson Hayes, who has you know some questionable moments on the mic. Everybody else has been like a a, a really uh, high character type of you know. Uh, I, I don't want to say intelligent because I have no idea who's actually intelligent, but they're at least able, self aware. Let's yeah. put it that way. There's a there's a definite self awareness and a maturity about them. Uh, that you don't always see. Like, Nikhil Alexander-Walker is really, really good in those interview settings and very much has a keen understanding of what is going on. 
Uh, and so does Zion, actually. But they have to just get more guys. You cannot rely. And that's why I really didn't care that they gave up the first-round pick. It's lottery protected for Charlotte. So as long as the Pelicans make the playoffs, you know, uh, that's a pick in the, you know, 16, 17, 18, whatever number it ends up going. I don't think they need another guy like that. They don't need another first-round pick. They got five of them on the roster right now. Yeah, we have guys that we can't play that have the potential, the same potential, I would think, as, as Trey Murphy does currently. Sure. So, you know, are you stacking the deck or, or are you just? Yeah. What's the point? Yeah. Uh, so free agency will continue to move on. The Pelicans definitely do have to do something at this point. They need another piece. Uh, I recognize the disappointment from people. It is obvious. Uh, and just the fact that if, you, if you're trying to overpay someone, when you try to offer the most amount of money and they don't take it, it becomes very difficult. And I think that's the position the Pelicans are in. I don't quite know how they get out of it, uh, but they've got to win. There's no choice. The only way out of it is to win. So where do you go? We got Saints news coming up. Training camp has started. We got all your segments. There's a ton of stuff going on. Thanks for sticking with us. We'll be right back. everyone today's sponsor of the poke and push kush podcast ale on oak 30 beers on tap the best burger on oak street i think so ale on oak beautiful patio beautiful people beautiful times beautiful televisions everything there is beautiful if you've been going to new orleans bars and you can't find a game on the tv you know, they have on Murder, She Wrote. They have on Third Rock from the Sun. You're like, we have local teams. Put them on. I want to see them. <laughs> Ale on Oak puts them on. It's easy to see Tulane. It's easy to see LSU. It's easy to see the Pels when they're playing or draft or just local sports news. Yes. They have a beautiful patio. Go have a few after work. Happy hour. Get into it. It's beautiful. It's sunny. Uh, it's cool. It's a shaded patio. Yeah. You're not roasting out there. So have a few, get some, uh, the andouille, it was like an andouille hot dog yeah. thing. Dude, that burger is <laughs> awesome, too. It Not is uh, doing it just. No, that's true. Uh, we rarely do. Uh, but tons of beers, everything from your, you know, your high life on the low level to some really cool imported stuff and local stuff, everything in between. I went to a bar recently, and we asked for a local beer, and they said, we don't have any. I was like, what do you mean you don't have any? Like, we don't have any. I was like, oh, what do you have? They're like, I don't know. I was like, well, I guess I'll have a Miller Lite. <laughs> like, that is not going to happen. You're to you not going to run Oak. into that at Ale on Oak. Friendly staff, friendly owners, friendly faces. Absolutely. And the Saints open, I believe, their preseason is uh, next week. Uh, you'll have the Saints' first preseason game coming from Baltimore. Please go check out Ale on Oak. Watch the game there. Uh, it is an awesome place to watch Saints games. Such a cool little environment. A lot of friendly faces and good Saints fans. It is where you want to be. That is right off of the streetcar line on Oak Street. Ladies and gentlemen, Ale on Oak. That is a sponsor. So the Saints are in training camp. They are. It started up this week. We're on day five. 
of training camp. We're already deep in the bullshit. Yeah. The bullshit rodeo is... You're going to see names you've never heard of saying they had standout days. You're going to see the word flashes a lot. Glimpses. You know what flashes? Things in a pan. Yeah. So I'm not really... I'm still not on board the Davenport train, buddy. No, I also, it's, uh, so today they, you know, as you get deeper into camp, they start going like, you know, smaller and smaller in the scale because they're like, oh, we've talked to everybody else. Uh, today they talked to the kid from Tulane, J.J. McCleskey's kid, and they were like, oh, he's having a great camp. I was like, oh, yeah, because there's no other receivers on the roster. I was like, is that why he's having a great camp? I was like, because he didn't really tear up uh, the American Athletic Conference. Mm. It seems hard to believe he's going to be, like, ripping up the NFL, but it's like you're getting into the human interest stuff already. He can join the ranks of, uh, you know, so many uh, Oname Ojos and C. Grants <laughs> and uh, Adrian Arringtons and all of the in-betweens of uh, training camp legends of the Saints. Uh, although I am rooting for Jalen McCluskey, it is uh, it, it it is very rare one of those guys actually emerges into something. Yeah, the training camp today, you know, it was I guess uh, Traquan Smith was out with an injury. Yeah. The old guys aren't doing it. All the big stories coming out of camp right now are Taysom versus Jameis. And there's yeah. just not a lot of meat on that bone right now. No. They're getting the same numbers. Yeah. They're throwing to mostly the same guys. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's headline news when they throw a 40-yard pass. It is. And it's hilarious to read, like, Jameis. I think it was uh, Sunday. It was like, Jameis Winston had the best day of camp of any quarterback so far. I'm like, that says nothing. Wow, three days. Yeah. And the other guy isn't a quarterback. <laughs> And the other other guy is Ian Book. But it doesn't make the headline not true. Yeah. He had the best day of any quarterback this season. And, and Jameis, bless him, Jameis is saying all the right stuff. When they do interview him, uh, which they finally kind of got him uh, in New Orleans media recently, he was good, and he's he seems really to understand the situation. He seems really to own his mistakes of the past. Uh, he seems also very intent on being a really good quarterback and wanting this team to be better. But I just can't believe that they're going to be able to do this until I actually watch them do it in a real game. The preseason whet the appetite a little bit. I do think that game against the Ravens will be interesting to see both those guys kind of playing quarterback, leading the charge. Uh, but there's not a lot out there for them. Like, this team doesn't have a whole lot of weapons. I can't imagine Kamara's going to be used... They should put Kamara in freaking bubble wrap and have him sit in the corner because uh, he's the whole offense right now. Well, that's going to be one of the Saints strategies. Are they going to put Alvin Kamara in the Iron Man suit? <laughs> Luckily, we just we just signed Alvin Kamara to Devontae Freeman. Remember him from fantasy football four seasons ago? Oh, yeah. I don't know specifically why they're looking for yeah i was backs. like is latavius murray get cut i was very confused as our quarterbacks are running back Taysom hill <laughs> why are we looking for triple more? option they're gonna run the wishbone i've been telling you <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna come up for the first game and run the wishbone they're gonna be like navy uh, <laughs> yeah man so they're they got another running back apparently he looks good he also said that the they never uh, say these guys look bad never i can't remember that one be amazing time where they traded for someone, he showed up like, oh, he looks uh -oh. pretty good. Yeah. They signed a bunch of cornerbacks. They signed that Prince 
Amakamura, uh, who was the first-round pick of the Giants. And all you read about was Saints signed former first-round pick instead of Saints signed guy who was on the Cardinals practice squad last year because <laughs> he sucks. And they're so desperate to get a cornerback right now. They're, they got Poole in, uh, Brian Poole. But they don't have a lot of guys. They just aren't. There's not a lot of guys available. They didn't upgrade much in free agency, uh, much like what we just talked about the Pelicans. Like there was not a lot of splash uh, when it came to the Saints offseason. Most of theirs is because of how cash strapped they were. But they lost starters. They didn't replace them with quality talent. And then they've been decimated by off field bullshit like, you know, Deontay Harris getting suspended for a DUI and uh, steroids from David Onyemata and Marshawn Lattimore. Just grabbing someone's stolen gun. Uh, dumb, how did avoidable Deont- shit. How did Deontay get a DUI? One, he's very fast. How did they catch him? <laughs> Two, he's so tiny. He could just duck whenever he gets pulled over. Is this one of those self-driving oh, cars? Oh, the Tesla, self-driving. <laughs> Move along, sir. Oh. Also, that there's he didn't get arrested in New Orleans for drunk driving. Of right? course, that not. doesn't no, happen. That, that, yeah. Oh God. I, I I read that story and I was like, that couldn't have happened here. You would have had to mow through a, a, a parade in order to get a drunk driving arrest in this city. The amount of people just like swerving across. Yeah, you three could lanes. drive into the Hard Rock yeah. and be fine. <laughs> At least for a few months. If you're a city councilman and you piss yourself in the <laughs> middle of the street, they're not going to care. Um, yeah, so they've got a whole bunch of guys that are going to be out. They were thin to begin with. So it's going to be a challenging start to the season. It does Every time one of these guys goes out, it makes me think more and more that they have to pick Jameis to be the starter. Mostly because you need Taysom Hill to do other stuff. Right. You don't have enough players. Say it with me. The Swiss, Swiss Army, Army knife. knife is going to have to go out there, and he's going to have to be Swiss. He's going to have to be Army. And he's going to have to be Knife. <laughs> We're going to have this dude all over the field, unless, of course, you know, Troutman yeah. lives up to all the hype. Yeah, if the Troutman is the next coming of uh, of Jimmy Graham, that's a different story. But you, I, I, number one, I don't think you can put out someone who's not like a full-blown quarterback quarterback and doesn't have any any NFL experience for real uh, because you have so many question marks it's a team that is bereft of talent at receiver we were talking last week when Mike Thomas got hurt that they had the worst receiving core in the NFL and they got worse for the first two games with Deontay Harris getting suspended. Well, that's what makes it uh, they've been talking about Lattimore tearing up a training camp. Well, yeah. <laughs> So would I. Who's he against? Yeah. Like, oh, he <laughs> shut down Marquez Callaway. So did Kentucky. <laughs> like, what, what, are you, what are we doing here? This of is, course. This is why training camp talk is, is fluff, yeah. uh, you know, 99.9% of the time. But I am going on Thursday so I can report back. Oh, there we go. Yeah. You're, you're looking live at training camp. You yeah. can take some notes for us. Polking Kush correspondent in the field. I got my rules. I'm not allowed to say players, coaches, or names directed at them. <laughs> and I am not allowed to film. I'm probably not allowed to be there, yeah, just in general. Say, when they find out who you are, you'll be quickly escorted from yeah, the field. I'm going to be removed. Taken into Little Saints prison. I'm going to be wearing my whistle monster head, though, so maybe I'll blend in. Are they saying anything about drugs? Are you allowed to bring your... Uh, uh, and the last piece of Saints news, I mean, there's this, there's the amount of crap that's happened in a week uh, around both these teams is amazing. Uh, 
Mike Thomas, as we spoke about last week, got uh, surgery and is out for, I, I think, at least the first month of the season. It could be longer. Uh, and Mickey Loomis played it pretty conservatively when he was talking about it. Basically, he was hoping that they would not have to have surgery, and so that's why it took so long. And Sean Payton basically said, like, no, fuck this guy. <laughs> Sean Payton, uh, you can read the exact quote. I put it down here. Uh, he said, it's disappointing. We would have liked to have that happen early, uh, earlier rather than later. And quite honestly, it should have. Ooh. Which is Sean Payton for, uh, fuck that guy. Yeah. He's pissed. And he should be pissed. He should be. And they're going to be uh, a much worse team without Mike Thomas. Or it's going to at least be a lot harder to figure out a way to build the offense. Uh and now, with that comment, it made me wonder if Mike Thomas has seen his last snap as a Saint. Yeah, this is the winter of our discontent as far as just New Orleans sports in generals go. Yeah. Like, I wasn't feeling that bad about the Saints, but right now, just where we are in the podcast in life, I'm going, oh, this, is, <laughs> this, this doesn't feel good. <laughs> There's still these remnants of talent, and like you see... You watch these reports. So last year at this time, what we were talking about was they had the best roster in the NFL, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so they we didn't doing that. all leave. They've lost some, but they didn't all leave. So you've got these pockets still of like good players. Like Marcus Williams is still really good. Marshawn Lattimore, though he'll be suspended, is still really good. Demario Davis, Cam Jordan. Like you've got talent in spots. The problem is that the drop-off from the good talent to the rest of the talent is a crater. It falls down uh, at, a, at a level that you can't even, like it's the wily e. Coyote falling off the cliff. Like you don't even see it by the time it gets. It's like us and other New Orleans podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, well, from Mike Thomas to Marquez Callaway. You can't recognize that gap. Like, no. there's no way to make up for that. That one might be a little unfair, but the other ones are are. Yeah, I mean, from even from Janoris Jenkins to whoever is going to be the <laughs> Patrick Robinson is going to be the number two cornerback. He sucks. He, he got cut six years ago here because he can't play outside cornerback. Uh, they're bad. They've just got bad players who are going to have to play. You've also got good players. So NFL teams are usually pretty good at exploiting weaknesses. That becomes the question is, can the Saints play to their strengths or can the opponents exploit the weaknesses? Uh, and a lot of, you know, that's sports, okay? I didn't really invent the wheel there. <laughs> but the Saints have a, 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 a dichotomous roster like very few teams in the league actually have. And like we haven't seen the Saints have since they sucked and went 7-9 and nine for three years. So we'll see what happens. I'm very excited to watch them in a preseason game. We haven't seen a preseason game in two years. Can you believe it? Woo! Where are you going to watch, you know? I'm going to watch from the 50-yard line on the Over 28th. No, I'm talking about preseason. Oh, you got preseason tickets? Uh, yep. Which game? That's the third Arizona. game? Arizona. Yeah, oh, the yeah. Third one. You fancy. Going to get to yell at Tyron Matthew. Wait, he's not on How there. many masks <laughs> are you going to wear? <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go. I've I've photoshopped my uh, Vax card to show that I got three Moderna shots, <laughs> so I don't have to wear a mask. I got all three vaccines. Yeah. In fact, they bunched them if all they together. If they start paying people a hundred dollars to get vaccines, I'm getting another one. <laughs> Stop <Yeah>. me. <laughs> uh, so that's I mean, there's a boatload of Saints news right now. We will obviously keep our eye on training camp. 
Uh, credits all the reporters out there sweating it out and uh, bringing us the news because Lord knows uh, I ain't doing it. So a uh, lot of interesting stuff going on. Keep your eyes tuned uh, to that. We'll be back. We've got all of your favorite segments right here. There is a book coming out about Giannis, um, one of the fun little uh, tidbits to come out of it is that Jason Kidd uh, reportedly punished the Milwaukee Bucks team over a group chat issue in 2014. This one speaks out to me. I have an Android phone. Yes. I've it's, mentioned it before. It frustrates me. I have the cricket phone. <laughs> I'm not up by... Buy me an iPhone, and then I'll upgrade. I know how you can get one. <laughs> Indeed. Basically, Jason Kidd punished the entire Milwaukee's Bucks because Thon Maker had an Android. And it, what does it do when you're texting with an iPhone? It's not the right color. Yeah. Where are you, baby? It's green, and it goes so? slower. Oh, it's slightly slower? It is slower. It's going to space. Yes. <laughs> It's a little slower and you have fewer. The links don't come up the right way. It's worse. They make it intentionally worse. This is this is abuse. <laughs> this is abuse. This is classism. This is just uh, this is exploiting what people like me, people who have had to work for a living and like you blue blooded blue text <laughs> apple goons. <laughs> the star-bellied snitches of the phone world. This is insane. At one point, center Thonmaker didn't have an iPhone, messing up the team's Blue Bubble iPhone group chat. Kid was upset about it and made the team run because Kid felt that Maker not getting an iPhone was an example of the team not being unified. Well, I'm glad he didn't come to the Pelicans. Yeah, exactly. There's, I guarantee there's one Pelican that doesn't even have a phone. <laughs> Probably <laughs> DD. Check Diallo didn't have a driver's license. <laughs> But he probably had an iPhone. I'm sure he drove around New Orleans just fine. Yeah, <laughs> the uh, yeah, man. I mean, Jason Kidd's kind of nuts. And uh, Thon Maker, uh, little known fact, played at Country Day uh, in Metairie for uh, two weeks, I think, and then oh. left. Yeah, he like moved to America, played for Country Day for like a hot minute, and then uh, left and became a five star basketball player. Interesting. Yeah. Um, there was a gender equity study uh-huh. that oh, just those are always good for the uh, NCAA. Mm-hmm. That organization with the sterling reputation that's always <laughs> made the right decisions. Yes. There's, uh, there was like today there was a gender equity study that wrapped up. It was a very long thing, and they are suggesting that the NCAA combine the men's and women's Final Four to the same location and dates. This is because last year the uh, women's Final Four. Uh, had substandard uh, ah, exercise yes. rooms and things along this line. Uh, you know, I think I think that could be really fun, especially for teams where the men and women teams are there at the same time. Yeah, this could be a cool thing. I don't know if it's going to go. Like, are they going to start playing WNBA games at halftime of regular <laughs> NBA games? Is that what we're like going to see? Like the superstar? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, that's a ridiculous thing to say. Like, a ridiculous... Could you imagine if you're, like, a UConn women's basketball fan and you go with them around the tournament, like, which thousands of people do. We're not talking, like, a hundred people. Like, thousands of people go for the women's Final Four, and they have to go and fight for hotel rooms with the men's Final Four that has 
80,000 people in town for it. And it's like, oh, yeah, like we can't do anything because we're totally like you want to make the women's final four less relevant. Put the men's final four on the same day. They're in the same city. They need to, like, figure something out. Maybe the women's final four could be with the men's NIT. <laughs> yeah, you can do that. Maybe something a little more realistic. Why don't you just put them at a better hotel? This is that really seems, seems to be just, you know, give them a couple Bowflexes. <laughs> it's like we put them in the same city. Who, who writes this shit? How stupid do you have to be? <laughs> yeah, we put them in this. I, I remember taking a class in college. And it was also like a gender equities thing. And they were like, the men's final, they were comparing. There's a big thing that they do is compare the men's final four and the women's final four. Because one makes a lot more money than the other. Yeah. And, uh, and literally the study was the lines of dialogue on the broadcast comparing one to the other. And I was like, this is the stupidest study in the history of time that they talked more <laughs> the in the men's final time. four than the women's final four. And you're saying that's the sexism. There is sexism, but it's not because of the amount of words, and it's not because they're in different cities. It, it would be it would be a very sexist story if you said they they said more on the women's broadcast. <laughs> when women be talking, uh, no, I mean, yeah, the women's final four is smaller than the men's final four. Okay, you got to combine it with the men's final four. How would you combine have them play it? at the same time? <laughs> <laughs> They'll just play in the same court like the little gym. This is what I've seen about the Olympics. I've seen people. There's been arguing over gender issues at the Olympics. People have said, just get rid of the gender completely at the Olympics and have the best athletes compete. OK, they're different. And therefore, they have different divisions. The, there is different interest levels in men's basketball and women's basketball. Women's basketball is a big goddamn deal. People go by 20,000 people go to these games. You grew up going to women's basketball games. Big it's a fan. big deal. It needs to have its own realm where the people who like women's basketball can watch women's basketball. Why would you combine that with the men's Final Four? That's the stupidest goddamn idea I've ever heard in my life. I can't even like begin to fathom how stupid that is. When I wrote this down, I was like, I don't even have to read the story. I can just <laughs> read the headline. Kush is going to have steam coming out of his ears. It makes no sense. This is the way of the future. Nothing's going to make sense ever again. That doesn't help women. It, do, it doesn't hurt men at all. It doesn't, I'm, I'm not, it doesn't affect the men's tournament for one moment. It hurts the women's game if you do that. Actively hurts the women's game. They're, Fuck you, NCAA. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Our sponsor this week, the NCAA. <laughs> Ridiculous. All right. Yep. Let's go and... Uh, Nola breakdown. I'd like to yell more about stuff. Okay. <laughs> well, you remember we were talking about the veto session? Yeah. A couple weeks ago. The they were going in there yeah. for very stupid things like a non-existent transgender youth banning at high schools. Mm -hmm. The question was brought up. How much did this cost taxpayers? Uh, I would say at least six figures, right? $76,000 for a two-day veto override. It was the first ever held under the 1974 state constitution. It ended with Republicans unable to override any of John Bell Edwards' bill rejections. So they, I mean, they, they honestly might as well have taken the $76,000 and lit it on fire. They wouldn't have done that. They would have dispensed it amongst themselves. <laughs> Not paid taxes for any of it. Bought, like, sex slaves. 
and drugs we've never even heard of. They they probably would have gotten like the pill from Limitless, which actually exists. Uh, they, instead of stealing the money in public, they would have stolen the money in private. Absolutely. This is Louisiana politics for you. That's incredible. For a veto session where the Speaker of the House, Clay Schneider, said we 100 if it gets to the Senate, we would 100 percent have the votes to do the veto. And then he was just dead wrong, just dead wrong. Completely. Everything that they thought was dead wrong. And it was like, oh, and now they're like, oh, my God, the governor stepped in and did a bunch of stuff to overturn people's votes. It's like, yeah, yeah, that's what happened. They're going to be corrupt because you've set up a situation that begs for corruption. $76,000. Yeah, which in the state, I mean, can you imagine how, how quickly the state wastes $76,000 on a daily basis? Yeah. So, it's just right now, especially. Uh, it's nuts. It's nuts. But you think hey. about like how many nurses the state needs right now and how much help these people need. And it's like, oh, now let's just throw it away on a failed veto session. How much money Sleepy Joe promised everybody that we never got? <laughs> he wasn't including Louisiana. No, well, why would he? Definitely not. <laughs> he doesn't know we're, you know, has, aren't part of the union anymore. <laughs> they seceded. <laughs> My frustrations with the city boiled over five seconds into... This episode, yeah. so talking about it now, just there were 17 shootings over the weekend. Yeah. A bunch, just somebody stole my mail. <laughs> <laughs> 17 people shot in the streets. Which one of those is worse? Hard Wendy's say. closed. <laughs> that Wendy's on Claiborne? No. Oh. Uh, somebody, uh, uh, a coworker of mine went to the Wendy's. And was in line after placing his order, and they just came out and they're like, well, "Yeah, we're not, we're cl- we're closing. We don't want, <laughs> so, we don't want to be here we anymore. Wanna, <laughs> we don't want to do this anymore." Dave Thomas would be rolling over yes, in his grave, not pleased with that uh, outcome. Uh, yeah, man, that shooting on Bourbon Street and the video that comes with it is just horrifying. Yeah, like how does that? That should be the most secure area of the city quite honestly it's just fucked up that those shooters weren't wearing masks <laughs> just the rampant disregard <laughs> yeah, for public lack, health the lack of courtesy did you wash your hands before you picked up that gun i hope you did they ever catch the guy who did it uh yeah they did today okay um there was like a there was like a foot there was like a picture of the three dudes like walking down the street just looked like everybody else regular dudes and they were just did they ever come up with a motive it was a fight it was just a random i think it was a fight you know who doesn't who doesn't get in a fight on bourbon street everybody's yelling at each other everybody's drunk everybody's falling into each other it really is the walking dead down there and i mean the video is insane it it looks you know it looks like something out of a movie there's like cars slowly crossing so then when the stampede happens people are running into the cars that are crossing yeah it's if you never want to go to bourbon street ever again and you don't yeah just watch that video and go yep Never going to do that. The only times you see videos like that is when it's literally a terrorist attack. Yeah. That's the only time you see stuff like that happen. And this wasn't a terrorist attack. This I mean, is just people who had guns and they just got in a fight and that was what they turned to. Instead of just punching each other, they just started shooting guns. It wasn't like a malicious, like, we're going to make the world a worse place. Like, 
the guy in France or whatever who who did all you know blew up uh, you know that that concert like that's a very different level of malevolence. Yeah, this is just uh, an ignorance and a stupidity of your surroundings and and a lack of just a total lack of empathy that other human beings exist. Yeah, I mean it's it's localized terrorism. Yeah, because we've accepted it on a certain level to where. People don't put the kind of uh, onus on it of, oh, this is terrorism. Yeah. It is terrorism. It is a mass shooting. Yeah. We just don't use those words for it because we're so used to it. Yeah. And it's it's just feeling like a lot to deal with lately. I know. And it's very, uh, it's unfortunate. But hey, you know, at least they're picking up the trash, right? <laughs> <laughs> I wish we could, like, send in your just faces of listening to us <laughs> say this shit. <laughs> I want to know. <laughs> People banging their head against their steering <laughs> Oh, God. Uh, go into segments or you want to do one more? When you say shit like that, I have to edit it because it sounds stupid. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> what should we do next? I don't know. Pause it and ask me. Okay. Let's go. God damn it. Overrated. Overrated. Underrated. Underrated. Yeah, baby, yeah. Cinnamon, overrated and underrated. Starting off with overrated. I got White Claw. Yeah, I like White Claw. I do too. But I think it's overrated. So all of the seltzers are just White Claw. I guess I'm going to go with all the seltzers. There's really a wide berth of seltzers because you get some of them and they taste like lime like lime bug spray <laughs> most of these seltzers are they're like five degrees one way or the other from being a nice refreshing little hint of fruit to being bug spray yeah and they don't seem to have the formula down yet not all of them there's too many you also think it's healthy because they get you with the skinny can Oh, definitely. The skinny can, you're like, oh, it's skinny like me yeah. after I'm through <laughs> drinking 11 of these. And then you read it and, it, you know, it has like a bag of donuts worth of sugar <laughs> and 500 calories. <laughs> it really is not any healthier, but they do. They put it in a little skinny can like it's a Mick a Ultra. It's a white can. Yeah. Like most beer cans aren't white. They're always brown mm-hmm. or blue or red. You don't see a lot of cool tones yeah. in the booze world. Mick Ultra, that's it. They're following the Mick Ultra model. I, and it's also kind of annoying now because it's just like, this is beer. So, like, when you're with somebody, like, I don't drink beer, but they're drinking, like, 50 White Claws. Like, it's the same thing. It just has, like, a lifesaver in it. Yeah, I, it, it, it's so, like, I've heard High Noon is, like, among the best of those. I saw Mina Suvari take down eight of those <laughs> at Wrong Iron. <laughs> Um, I mean, they're all to me. It's like they've just it's now just become beer, right? Like all these beer companies are like, I I guess I guess young people don't drink beer anymore. Is this what happened? That might be. I don't think young people drink anymore. I think White Claw is solely like drop the kids off and get a White Claw. (laughs) Throw them out at soccer. I'm going to get a truly. (laughs) I'm going to the beach, but the beach is in Alabama. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to bring a cooler full of white claw. Go get a truly, get a madly, get a deeply. You can get hammered off those things. Oh, yeah. Hammered. That's They're very dangerous. 
I bet the formula is not that different from a four loco either. No, I, I mean, they probably just refined it. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Well, I mean, whatever. Ha- like, I never drank seltzer water or club soda or any of that sort of stuff, which I guess is what they were going for and just infused it with booze. I don't really understand the whole thing of it. Like, is it supposed to be cleaner? Is it supposed to be like it's still obviously a lot of flavoring and sugar and all that stuff. I guess people just don't like the taste of beer. And they feel like they're drinking something more tropical if they're near a body of water, especially uh, with these seltzers. Yeah, maybe they're just like the perfect world version of an IPA. Because IPAs have like the fruity, you know, there's like yeah. the, the rocket pop and that shit. Sure, the juice first. Yeah, and those are fun and okay. And I still the think one. I, IPA is still a hairspray drink. It tastes like hairspray. <laughs> <laughs> I can have one of those beers. Yeah. I can have 14 Miller Lights. I can have one Guinness, then it's bread. Yeah. I can have one IPA, then it smells like a perm. Yeah. <laughs> you remember perms, kids? <laughs> what the hell am I talking about? You guys watch Mama's Family or no? <laughs> I got an underrated. Go for it. Laser tag. Oh, that's great. I love that's a really good underrated. Laser tag is sick. I went to uh it's just called laser tag. I love when a business can just be its name. Yeah. Like I would buy a car from a place just called cars. <laughs> I would go to a bar just called bar. bar yeah. Why not? I went to laser tag. Uh-huh. They're not fucking around. Yeah. You know what you're getting when you go there. No false advertising. Laser tag looks like a haunted Walmart. It's the one. It's on <laughs> the where it is. <laughs> it's on the uh, Kinner line. Okay. Okay. And it looks like a place. It looks like Jeffrey Epstein's Walmart. And then you go in there and it's beautiful. It's like brand new and clean. They have new. Did you know that they still make arcade games? They had like new arcade games. What? They had like this Batman game that was brand new. What? And they had this crazy Halo game where you like got in a tank and all this shit. And they had like a zombie game that it's really cool. It's really nice. They have there was a nice gay guy. Well, I don't know. I didn't ask him. He was he gave me an icy and (laughs) tree. His number. Yeah. <laughs> he gave me the game card. I'm going. No judgment in there. You just went for fun. I was at a. I was at my niece's birthday party. <laughs> okay. But it. She's not the only one allowed to have fun. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny because I was there with a like probably a bunch of your friends. Yeah. And they are having a horrible time. <laughs> just <laughs> sitting. Wrangling you their know, kids, they're sitting yeah. around just like, oh, yeah, we have to wear a mask. Again. <laughs> I'm playing Street Fighter, <laughs> drinking an icy with the gay guy. <laughs> I'm having a blast. And these people want to die. But if you go in a laser tag without your children or with them, but you're cool, sure. you can have a good time. Yeah. And I had a great time. Did you actually play? Of course I did. Yeah. How did it go? Is it hard? My name on the vest was Meatloaf. So Perfect. everything came naturally to me. Yeah. You did everything for love. I was roll. They have all the rules, too. They're like, don't duck. I'm like, oh, I'm ducking. Oh, God. I'm rolling. I was. You ju- take the vest off, you put it underneath your jacket, <laughs> and then you shoot people. <laughs> do you have to hold the gun with the front hand? You have still? to do it with two hands, yeah, which yeah, yeah. set me back on the first game. <laughs> I'm John Wicking around. Just. Sh- Rolling up on everybody. Curve sideways. (laughs) Well, it kept yelling at me. There's like a Siri or whatever on it that keeps telling you, like, 
the rules that you're breaking sure. and actively yeah. breaking them. And I didn't know what it was saying because yeah. I just had Rage Against the Machine <laughs> playing in my head. Murder eight-year-olds. <laughs> <laughs> Do they still have that little pump-up room before you go in? Oh, your yeah. team gets together? Yeah, the That's black, the best. Yeah. And you're, everybody's together. And you're just like, all right. The black light was in there. We were yeah. listening to the Matrix soundtrack. And I was ready to demolish some five-year-olds. <laughs> Did you kick anybody? <laughs> I came pretty close. I f- honestly, I feel like I came pretty close. It's hard when you're running not to go into a jump kick. I that, feel like. actually you got to clear a barrier. <laughs> if somebody jumps out at you, I'm naturally inclined to jump kick. It's teams, though, right? Yeah. Or is it every man? It's not every man. I mean, himself. you could call it a team. It was really a one-man <laughs> show. Did you come in first place? No. My sister did. That's awesome. <laughs> we were the we were the Bash brothers for sure. Last question. Do they still have the little so you used to be like if you pointed up at like a little base or something? You would get and you shot the whatever. It would give you like a bunch of bonus points. Yeah. So the real nerds wouldn't even shoot anybody. They were they would just lay up. down on the ground and just shoot this little, you know, whatever bonus station thing. Well, over the over bonus again. station has been upgraded to be power ups for your gun. It's like a bet, like you can get hit twice without it deactivating, oh. or it has like a rapid fire. It's it's like power ups in a video game now. Gotcha. There was on the parent deck stations where you could shoot all of the people playing while they're playing. It doesn't affect the game that's happening, but you're in the balcony and you can shoot people, which is fun because, you know, you can, like, get the laser in their eye. Target practice. Yeah, yeah. All that stuff. (laughs) There was was definitely, like, like a, a... Ron... What's the guy from Parks? Ron Swanson type guy there that was clearly... He was inspired by Chris Kyle. Like, he had, like, a full stance. He was in a stance and was just taking out the kids. He looked way too into it. He was very upset it wasn't a real gun. Uh, No, dude, laser tag is great. Uh, I always wanted to do an adult laser tag party. I'd gone a couple times with friends when I was in my 20s, but... uh, yeah, it never materialized, but maybe for my 40th birthday, we'll just rent out the laser tag for the whole week. Yeah, we can do it. It's, it's like a awesome. one and a half hour block. That sounds That's great. just enough time for your friends to escape their families. Exactly. Before. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so you had it. It was the birthday party had the entire thing. That's we awesome. didn't have the entire laser tag place, but we went early enough that no one. Nobody else. Was there. Yeah. Perfect. Dude, that's awesome. That big ups to your sister. That's huge. Yeah, it was killer. Way to go. Laser tag. Definitely underrated. That takes us in to my favorite part of every single week on this here show, ladies and gentlemen. The worst! The worst. That's right, everyone. The worst of the week. The worst thing I saw or read. And uh, mine is pretty damn simple, Polk. These people with the mask rules mm-hmm. are really crossing lines. I see people out. I see people in their car alone wearing masks. I see people walking outside in the park wearing masks. These people are all vaccinated. Oh, of course. No, no one who's not vaccinated is doing this. Well, you can also tell by the mask, the yellow one with the <laughs> smiley you get when you're vaccinated. Yes. So that's a little funny treat also. Yes. So anyway, the head of the NIH today decided to come out and give a little uh, scare tactic to the people and... I was really impressed by hearing Mr. Francis Collins, who's decided he wants to get inside all of our houses and tell us exactly what we're supposed to be doing at night with our kids. 
avoid being in places where they might get infected, which means recommendations of mask wearing in schools and that at home, uh, parents of unvaccinated kids should be thoughtful about this. And the recommendation is to wear masks there as well. Let me just follow up I on that. I know that's yeah. uncomfortable. I know it seems weird, but it is the best way to protect your kids. But I just, again, want to fully understand. You think it's weird? You think it's weird to have to wear a mask in my own house around my own children? <laughs> I'm double vaccinated. My wife is double vaccinated. You're telling me when I come to my house and my kids come to hug me in my own home, I have to be wearing a mask? You're the head of the NIH? What planet is this? What is going on? What kind of dog shit messaging is this? Any person who's against, all, like, who is like, deluded themselves into COVID not being real listens to that and goes like, oh, yeah, they're just making it up. Oh, of course. And this this is on CNN. <laughs> and, you know, we don't have video capabilities yet. But these announcers look like they're about to laugh in this guy's face. The guy also looks like Dick Van Dyke, which is kind of funny. <laughs> He's not a, 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 a pawn or a spokesman. He's the director of the NI. He's Fauci's boss. What is going on? This is the messaging? Let's I came back and backtracked it later on. Damage done. That clip got sent to every single person in this country who doesn't want to get vaccinated. They're saying, doesn't matter. Doesn't, they're going to keep moving the goalposts on you till the end of time. It doesn't matter. We have a significant COVID crisis going on in this state right now. A very real one that you could take very real precautions and actually get people vaccinated. 90 plus percent of the people in the hospital right now are unvaccinated. That is the goddamn problem. The problem is not being vaccinated. And yet, they go on CNN and distract everybody with this horseshit David Copperfield <laughs> illusion where they just made every all of the uh, cogent, sane arguments disappear in one flash of bullshit. Remarkable. Well, you said David Copperfield. I would have said the masked magician. <laughs> it's also, yeah. This is... No Come one's on. going to do this. I don't think no one. I don't think the most teach for America, Whole Foods, Subaru, Bernie Sanders. I don't want to go outside ever again in my life is going to wear a mask at home. No. With their little genderless child <laughs> named after a Game of Thrones character. <laughs> no one's going to do that. <laughs> no, I mean, literally. There's almost nothing you could say that would be more damaging to try to get vaccinated people to get vaccinated than that. Yeah. Because that's like, what purpose am I serving? Like, so I get vaccinated. Why? Oh, then I still have to wear a mask in my own home with my own kids. If I had to imagine, I'm sure he's apologized for this at this point or had oh, to yeah. say he that he backtracks big time. I, I would think that and correct me if I'm wrong. I would think that he is saying like, oh, it's simply to get your kids used to seeing uh, maybe people in positions of authority wearing masks, such as teachers when they go back to school. Yeah, that no. might be. I mean, maybe that's a reasonable argument. That's not what he said. Oh, goodness. Just, just, and again, it's not the fact that he backtracked it like he admitted that he was wrong. It's the fact he said it. And that clip is going to get shared by everyone. Holy this God. is how the world works. You, nobody's going to notice that he pulled it back. This All the people who want that to be the, what the government is saying, 
that's what they believe. Yeah. Well, I mean, the news cycle is that comes out Monday at noon. By Monday at five, everybody's furious at it. Yeah. Tuesday at 8 a.m., he issues an apology. No one even remembers it by exactly. Tuesday at 8. They just have a deep f- hatred in their hearts. Yes. <laughs> yes. That they can't explain anymore. Yes. I would say, what, three quarters of the people who got vaccinated in this country did it exclusively so they could stop wearing masks. Yeah, more than that, I would think. It was like, th- this was the deal. It yeah. was like... You could, and now I am all like, look, I'm the most ardent pro vaccine person you can possibly imagine. It is insane. It is insane to tell people that. To, to even have those words, to even have that come across your brain is so beyond logic. And the messaging of, of science just doesn't make any sense at all. So, yeah, that was a really easy worst of the week. What the hell is going on, man? I don't know. I don't know anymore. <laughs> I really don't. We're wearing masks right now. Don't worry, <laughs> listener at home. You won't catch it through the speaker. <laughs> Call it a day, everyone. Yeah. We love this show. We complain a lot, but we love the show. I promise we love each and every one of you. Thank you so, 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 so very much for listening. Thank you so much for putting up with us on Days Like Today. Uh, we hope we didn't depress you too bad. We do love doing this, and thank you so much for emailing. Those of you who have emailed us at polkandcushgmail.com. Thank you to Jansen Patagna. Thank you to Aelon Oak. We have so thoroughly enjoyed our time here. We will be back next week for another edition of Polk and Cush.